Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Um, well, um, we had a bit of a chat about various matters. Some of it's serious, some of it not so serious. Yes, that's true. Um, we we also, tried to lighten it up a bit later, didn't we? We, we did. Um, we also spoke to the winner of the World Porridge Making Championships. Yeah, she was good. And also, we spoke to somebody who's tried the brand new uh, running shoes that uh, Kipchoge, Kipchoge wore. used. Yeah, for the sub two hour marathon. Mm. And he said they make a massive difference. Yeah, they sound good. Quite shocking, really. So uh, here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. Andy. Yes, good afternoon, Paul. And uh, we can't uh, avoid talking about what happened last night. And one, a couple of aspects, though, that I thought were interesting. And uh, I thought Clive Tilsley did a great job in his commentary. And we know Clive was at the Kick It Out event that we are, and he's very sensitive to all this. And But he did say it was sad. And I, I thought, well, yeah, it is sad. It's a sad night for football. But as Wright, he said, and I really agree with him, it was also fantastic to see something being done. Yeah. Finally, you know, it was actually... a some hope there that you know and to see those yobbos being I don't know if they were thrown out they seemed to walk out didn't they well, they, so, they had the look of people that had gone there just to do that and their work was done so they didn't so seem particularly interested in the it? football it was it was so poor well that's it? a very worrying story uh, it just appeared in the Times and, and the man who's written it Martin Ziegler is going to be joining us in 10 minutes so he'll tell us uh, more about that in a few moments time regarding some of the stewarding at the game last night but uh, yeah Martin mm. will reveal all Shortly on that one. And the uh, Bulgarian coach, I mean, really, he's, he's got to be banned, is not he? He's got to be banned for, A, defending it, doing what aboutery, which was so poor. And his attitude, you can see when he was remonstrating with the England players, you just think, oh, come on, mate, really? You know, he, he, he was a great player, but he's not a great man. You know, so it's, it's really a sad thing to see, actually. We were saying what we did to Boris Mihailov, formerly of, uh, of Reading. Mm. Uh, the the prime minister of the country is calling for him to lose his job. So we'll see how mm. that pans out. We'll, you know, we'll, we, again. we we all you know we know from from going to that event that we have problems too. So it's just a, it's a question of education, really, mm. isn't it? And uh, what happened last night is a is a is a start. You know, maybe walking off is the next step. But uh, you know, I, the interesting with the reaction to the public address announcement. 
how angry people were. Yeah, that says a lot about them. That says a lot about their attitude. You know. Well, I think I think you have to be prepared to <clears throat> admit you have a problem, and for all of the many faults in this country, and we do have a problem with it. I think there is an acceptance that we do have a problem, something we have to deal well, with. That's where it starts from, isn't it? But the if you're in denial, you've got no chance. No if, chance. if you're constantly denying it's an issue. Which, look, there's plenty of very good people also, in Bulgaria that aren't doing that. those people that turned up in what was basically a, a uniform, and you turn up at football wearing a scarf and balaclava, and you've got yeah. things saying no respect, and all the, the way they were dressed, why were they even allowed in? Mm. You know, it's, it's an incredible thing, really. Well, as again, that kind of feeds but, into what Martin's about to tell us, actually. But on the, uh, the actual football itself, and the, the, the actual competition, something Clive said, he said, I mean, Bulgaria, bottom of the group, they've taken three points from seven games, and he said, oh, they still could be in the playoffs. And how bad do you have to be yeah. to be in To in not actually make it through to the next stage. Competition, this is so I think San Marino rubbish. could still make the finals. <laughs> it's rubbish, That's the way it's panned out. For goodness sake. Look, we should, you know, we should just talk about the football. It was obviously a much better performance, wasn't it? Much um, better. And, uh, and there some, they played some Winks, lovely stuff at Winks times, but they, they had the room and the time to play it, as the point yeah, was made last night. It. it was a very it's different true. performance by Bulgaria than the Czech Republic, who made it a whole lot tougher for England. Well, a much better team. No, no question about it. So there you go. Mm. Um, in other news, the other, yep. in, in uh, that's a much lighter story, but a story that we've all been preoccupied by, the uh, Wagatha Christie You're saga. keeping that going, or you're keeping well, that alive? Yeah, it's, it's in the papers. Mm. Uh, this, this fascinated me. Uh, yesterday, there were 316 Wagatha Christie-based items listed on eBay yesterday. <laughs> you believe that? 300 T-shirts, <laughs> phone cases, Christmas cards... Badges. I mean, really. Um, mm. Even a glass, a magnifying glass that said, hope your Christmas isn't as dramatic as Colleen versus Vardy. <laughs> and you think, oh, for good, by the time Christmas mm. comes about, no one's going to remember this story at <laughs> all. <laughs> but you're going to get that magnifying glass. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> this is going to have a very small window, I think, don't you, before very something else comes along. Of course. I'm totally with you on that. I wouldn't be buying, mm. I wouldn't be buying uh, Vardy Rooney <laughs> items for the Christmas uh, stocking, definitely not. It's even a Wagatha Christie mug. Yeah. Well, is. It, listen, have you ever bought anything that was zeitgeist. Let's use that word. I'm not a massive fan, mm. but if if you've, you've kind of you thought, oh yeah, they're going to love that by Christmas, they don't even know what it's about, <laughs> or you know, that's never really happened before. Is it? I don't think that's going to be a rich seam of stuff from the listeners, but uh, and uh, well, maybe maybe you've bought something. Maybe you've already bought something for someone in the family, which is uh, related to this spat. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And uh, looking at Cristiano Ronaldo, someone's writing the book. Someone uh, is out there, a showbiz reporter somewhere has started to cobble together. Has probably got a book deal. <laughs> Wags up war, the, the Vardy Rooney story. <laughs> yeah. That would be good, wouldn't it? I, uh, yeah. People have been cast in the movie. There was some very, if they're not, they just thought of it. You've yeah. just suggested it. There was some very funny stuff on social media. Uh, I, I don't know who it was. I can't give them the credit, but they... Dean Gaffney would, was variously playing either <laughs> Rebecca Vardy at some points <laughs> and also playing Jamie in others. So they, <laughs> they cut it up about half a dozen film posters and it was very well cast. Yeah, well, yeah, fair yeah, enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just saying, the uh, Cristiano Ronaldo uh, ad for his new CR7 pants. Yeah. I'd love to have been the supplier of the wadding. They must have had a huge budget for it. <laughs> say, nobody looks like that. Chris they? Wadding? <laughs> do you think they, yeah, Gary Wadding? I think some excessive wadding going on. Yeah, there. do you think? Do you think yeah. Well, I, I don't know. But, but it, it's suspicious. It's a bit like the Beckham pants, isn't it? I mean, like the Beckham pants... Perhaps they once, give you that look. Well, once the Beckham <laughs> pants had had their window, 
Um, and you'd find them then in TK Maxx for sort of 10 quid for three pairs. Yes. You would occasionally see, but I mean, who am I to talk? Pretty lardy blokes going up and buying a little three-pack of Beckham pants thinking, oh, yeah, that'll do for me. I'll look like Peter Andre or possibly even David Beckham once I, I slip those on. They basically think as soon as you put the pants on, it tightens all your stomach muscles and removes any excess fat. If you buy a pair of the Ronaldos, as soon as you basically just you put, kind of pull the elastic um, and, yeah, everything just mm. takes shape. You know, you've, you've got this fantastic well, six-pack. Nice. I, I won't be wearing You'll a pair. You'll be buying a pair of those, No, I won't you? be buying a pair of those, really. I that would be nice, Andy, if you're in the office one day and just above the line of the jeans, <laughs> oh, we yeah. did see CR7. CR7. <laughs> would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yes, it wouldn't, wouldn't be great. TK Maxx within a year, I think the old CR7 is quite possible. <laughs> I always like it when the tabloids do this, but they, they, they feel they need to explain something. And uh, th- there was a picture of Cara Delevingne, the model. Wearing, not the plumber. <laughs> not the plumber. Well, I thought if I don't explain, you know, then people might not know who she is. She could Hello, be a plumber. <laughs> plumber. Hello, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll just, I'll, I'll get me rods because that's backed up. That's backed up. Are they your drains or are they your neighbours? Just God. feel free to leave us a review online. Uh, I've had problems with my drains for four years. She's very versatile. All sorts of problems. Acting, modelling and plumbing. Two visits from Cara Delavino with her camera and her rods have completely solved the problem. Thank you, Cara, for all your efforts. It'd be great. We needed a bathroom doing quickly. We couldn't find anybody at a good price. But thanks to Cara Delevingne, she came in, brought in our team of tilers, beautifully done, Armitage Shanks, and uh, five stars. I was listening. Check a trade. You're right. I was listening. I'll come back to current in a minute. I was, yeah. right. I was listening to Ian Holloway this morning talking about uh, Mark Bowen giving himself the job, and all I could see was you doing that thing of, of the Tommy Tommy Cooper, Cooper yeah, turning it away. <laughs> yeah. He, apparently, when can went... you start, Mark? I can start now, Mark. Oh, that's good. Would you like a nice company car? Yeah, like a Bentley. Oh, you can have a Bentley. Yeah, it could have worked really well. It anyway, was... back to Cara la Vigne. Oh yeah, yeah, quickly. And she was wearing an outfit with uh, more holes than a block of Swiss cheese. Yeah. And so they thought they'd put in a picture of Swiss cheese in case you don't know what Swiss cheese is. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. You're telling us about the uh, the showbiz stars that did uh, uh, minor repair work for you as oh, yeah. tradespeople this mm. afternoon. No, you really are. I Strangely, um, and uh, Sean says I had a very bad experience when Russell Crowe repointed the rear elevation of my extension, <laughs> walked muck right through the house oh, on his he? way out. Yeah, Never even apologised. Oh, Quite low it. marks on the on the <laughs> website we've set up for uh, Hollywood <laughs> traders. So keep them coming. Talksport.com. Text eight ten eighty nine. Tweet T S H and J. Uh, now uh, on to Elliot Kipchoge. We're talking about mm. uh, this weren't we, uh, this uh, fantastic record attempt, the sub-two-hour marathon, and were surprised uh, to hear that, that the shoes made such a difference, mm. the, the incredible £250 Nike shoes. Yeah, they're causing a lot of problems. A bunch of Adidas athletes are saying, well, it's not fair, we haven't got them. You think, well, yeah. Right, we'll get your You're quite keen to, to get a pair on the old towpath of the Thames. To I'm very, very keen to get some, yeah. I think it's, it's like, it's perfect for the amateur runner. It's like golf balls that go sort of, you know, 300 yards when you miss but in terms of competitive sport, they're a bit more like the old kind of swimsuits oh, yeah, that caused no, no. such a problem a while back, aren't they? They're given them. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, let's speak to David Bates. He writes for the Times, and uh, he slipped a pair of the Kipchoge trainers on, and, um, and and can tell us what difference they made. Hi, David. <laughs> it's a good piece. Hi, hi. How are you doing? Good, good. thank um, you. <clears throat> well, they made a, they made a massive difference. Wow. I think um, I think the, the the point you make is a good one. Is that if you're an amateur runner, then 
then then brilliant you know it it didn't feel like running uh, as i was used to it in that every step i took was was much easier than it otherwise would would have been um and i went and, and i sort of i went along a route that i'd i'd done before mm. um and went much faster over that route about uh, i think it was about three and a half minutes faster over about 12 kilometers um and 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 you know it's easy to see why why, why this helps people but i guess if you're looking at it from a, a competitive sport um perspective then if you think that nike are sort of under accusations of having a stranglehold over athletics then having a shoe that is you know the carbon fiber is um is patented and the uh, the foam that they use in the rear of the shoe is um is supplied to them exclusively by um a British company. If you think about that, then you know it's, that, that's a sort of good incentive for every distance runner to use Nike shoes, and I, I don't necessarily think that's a positive thing. No, but presumably the other shoe companies can break down what Nike are doing. And the eleven herbs and spices. Yeah, of course, recreate. Yeah, I mean they they haven't they haven't managed it as yet, um, and um, and and as long as that's the case, then I, it, it strikes me as being a bit of an unfair advantage. And and then there's the sort of the purest perspective that, uh, like you mentioned with the swimsuits, is sh- should you be getting that much assistance from a shoe? Mm. E- even if all the athletes have it, should you be allowed that much assistance? I mean, I mean, I know with the the laser swimsuit, the speedo one that was disallowed, there was something like in in the 17 months after it was released, there was 130 world records broken. Yeah, the the, the results of the marathon haven't been quite as stark as that, but the the since the shoe has. Um, you know, when Kipchoge broke the legal record, he, he knocked more than a minute off the off the marathon world record, and, and no one had done that since it had gone under five minutes. So, you, I guess it just it sort of ruins your perspective on the sport almost. Well, what's it felt? You, you, so you, you improved your time, as you said, David. But they just did they feel better? Did they feel very comfortable to run in? What else did you notice about them? Well, well they feel very odd to to walk in, which is the mm. weird thing because they have a, the, the toe is quite elevated. Yeah. Um, uh, and they're they're extremely light, um, but they they look quite substantial. And, and when you run, you can feel uh, not not quite a spring, but certainly push back from the base of the shoe. Right. Um, so that w- when when you start to fatigue, and uh, I, you know I'm a sort of a hobby runner at, at most, um, my legs often get tired before my my lungs do. So. so um, and I felt like that was mitigated against because you're getting you're getting just a bit more from your shoe every single time. Mm. Um, and as I say, you know, with a shoe that clunky or that looks that clunky almost, you normally expect it to be a bit heavier, but it's incredibly light. It's certainly the lightest shoe I've. I've ever, I've ever run it in or wow. yeah it's interesting that because you think if you went faster it would be more tiring lung power wise because mm. you'd be almost be like sprinting but I have to ask you David one thing in your article which I just couldn't I read it about four times I couldn't work this out uh, you talk about your routine you say to do so I've stuck pretty well to the routine I follow for as long as I've tried to run wake up have strong black coffee two slices of toast four eggs fried immodestly in oil and butter <laughs> is this prior to the run yeah, I mean it was a it was a few, it was a few hours before, but yeah. Oh, I, I, said, I thought, oh, it's like Four fry, it's, yeah, it was Alf Tupper. We're going to have fish and chip supper and then, then, then go and do the marathon. It's a, it's, it's probably a, it's a bad habit from from when I could afford to eat that many eggs. But <laughs> <laughs> I did more exercise, but, yeah. but no, that that 
uh, sadly, that is my routine. <laughs> well, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> the um, these are these are for sale. Are they in in, in your in your high yeah, street at I, the moment? I, the Zoom I, X. I, I did. I did because I, I only I sort of uh, I, the idea to do this was was it was only on uh, Sunday after uh, the women's marathon record had been broken as well. Um, that we had the idea to do it. So I basically I went down to the the Nike shop at uh, Oxford Circus for when it opened and bought a pair. Um, that were well, two hundred and you know two hundred and forty pounds or whatever, mm. uh, which I guess is is extremely expensive. Um, but if you had the money to spend and you'd spent months and months training for a marathon and you thought, you know, I I need something to get me over the line or to get me a new personal best, then. Mm. You, you sort of you might I, I, you might stretch to, to spending that on a pair of running shoes, um, but yeah, they're they're readily available. I think the ones that Kipchoge wore in Vienna when he broke two hours, I think they're a sort of a more advanced prototype. But yeah. they're cert- the ones you can get in the shops are, are certainly seem to be the same as the ones that um, basically everyone was wearing in the Chicago Marathon. I bet, when, I when bet we, they sell out as well. Oh, they probably will do, yeah. And when we go to Nike Town or other running shops that are available and we, we run on the machines and we're, and we're tested and we're told that certain shoes won't suit us because, you know, we pronate or whatever, um, will these shoes suit everybody? There are probably runners out there, people with a running style that don't suit these shoes or, or are they a kind of everyman's shoe? Uh, the, uh, honestly, I, I I don't know. I didn't actually. I, I didn't mm. want to. You know, the sort of shop assistants can put pressure on you to buy shoes you don't want. I didn't mm. want to get kind of tangled in that. <laughs> <laughs> got, oh, you need I the GTI it. version, which are five hundred quid. I got out of there quickly enough. Uh, I, I, they were they're quite narrow pair of shoes, and mm. I have quite wide feet. So I I, th- I suspect that if someone had looked at me wearing them, they'd have told me not to get them. Because um, as I say, they are quite narrow, and the, and the the fabric on the top of the shoe is very thin, and so you can almost see your foot coming through it. Uh, and I went into I went into another running shop um, to get a um, a pair of uh, running spikes to compare them with on a track. Uh, and the person in that shop told me that because the the vapor flies are a sort of they're a race shoe rather than um, you know a kind of training shoes that you, you probably will only get about two hundred miles out of them. They're not kind of built oh, necessarily. Really? Wow. To be durable. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, as I say, that was just what someone in a shop told me. So I, I can't sort of. Um, it's not necessarily gospel truth, but um, you must have felt like the bloke who queues all night for the iPhone 11, didn't you? Being like an earlier, are you normally a bit of an early adopter? Are you one of these people that, well, that do you do this generally? Well, I, I, I was a bit getting a bit panicked because obviously I needed them for the, I needed them for the feature, and yeah. there was, there were weirdly a few people already outside the night store when I got there for opening. <laughs> and, <laughs> and two people ran in ahead of me, and I thought they... <laughs> I ran out quicker. <laughs> ran out much quicker, obviously. Now, than, have yeah, you been for a run in. since the piece? Will you, will you wear them again? Um, I think if I were to, you know, if I were to do a... Uh, if I were to do a marathon or something, then I would I would consider it. But I think if you were to run in them, uh, you know, if you were to run in them every day, or if you were to run in them when you ran regularly, it would sort yeah. of, um, you know, it, it would it would spoil it a bit for you. You know, if you, it's like sort of if you only have to drink expensive coffee and then you go and have a mug of instant, it's not it's not going to be the same. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I don't think I would run in them regularly, but you know, I, I wouldn't. I sort of if I was doing a race, I wouldn't rule out using them again. Um, because as I say, they 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 just they give you a massive help. It's wow. sort of 
I could, it was, it was, it was unavoidable. I can, I can. Um, Amazing. I, w- I would like to say that there was sort of an overhyped night thing, but it's, it's so it, much help. That it, I would say they shouldn't. Yeah. It worked. Fantastic. Lovely to talk yeah, to you, David. And, and I hope you get them back on expenses. Yeah. <laughs> so I, hope they, I hope they factor that into your, your, your word rate for the piece. <laughs> so, <laughs> you've, got, you've got to hope so. Yeah. Cheers, David. Thanks very much. It's Thank a good way you. to get a new pair of trainers, of course. Yes. Isn't it? The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Paul Spiani Jacobs here on Talk Sport with assorted matters to discuss in a few moments' time. We chat to the world porridge making champion, a journalist who was uh, pilloried by his Bulgarian counterparts when he asked mm. a couple of awkward questions in the press conference last night. Simon Peach from Press Association. But before that, we have a little bit of breaking news, and it's very much news that we've been following here on the show. Mm. Breaking news on Talk Sport. <laughs> and it's something we alluded to in the first hour of the show about <laughs> Henrik Larsson, this, the gestation period of an elephant, of course. As, is it, will he, won't he, will he go yes. to Southend, will he become the oh, manager? I thought it was going to happen. It's, he's been seen, he's been, he's been to more games than Terry Alderton recently. <laughs> he's there every week, he was watching the matches. Um, well, the, the word out of Root's always, he, no, he's not, after all oh. that, sadly. It's a blow because... 
Yeah, um, that was a great story. But the club have said in the past uh, week, we've been in detailed discussions with Henrik Larsson, uh, Johan Malby and Tommy Johnson to be appointed manager, assistant manager and head of recruitment. And things were all going so well. But within the last hour, Tommy Johnson advised Henrik and subsequently me that he decided not to join Henrik and Johan, having today accepted an alternative offer. Uh, so apparently it's not happening now. Well, very disappointing for yeah. all concerned. So all the discussions, because Tommy was there, remember him not to count and all that Henrik Larsson you know Malby have decided as a, as, as a threesome as a triumvirate they will not be going down to uh, to spend afternoons at Canvey Island uh, <laughs> and the Curzel it would have been exciting tots. it would have been good nights out at Tots wonder where uh, they will end up. Don't think it's there anymore. But uh, I don't know. But uh, there we are. So that's a shame. That's uh, it's been a bit of a saga. Um, at least he's at least he's uh, he's had some whelks, which he'd never done before. Of course, <laughs> oh, really? lest that, he's had his fill of wing. He's had his fill of wing. Is that, is that breaking news or is that actually no? I'm just guessing. You're making that one up. Uh, all okay. I'm thinking is that from all those Celtic fans who would have been spending time at in South End, that's gone, isn't it? Now, yeah, that's, that's, that's a blow to the gates. Holidays, really. yeah. Jackie Chan fitted a bedroom unit for me in Walthamstow, Valentine Road. Says Danny in Hearts. <laughs> I said, where's your tools, Jackie? He said, I just use my Kung Fu to <laughs> nail stuff in and That's stuff like good. that. And to fair play to him, he did a good job, says Danny. So thank you well, very much. For very good. Just some of the trades people uh, from Hollywood. I've got some news of the Duke of Kent. Have you really? Yeah, yeah he was out. He, went, uh, he attended the private view of soldiery, an exhibition of British Army photographic portraits at yeah. the Carlton Club. Uh, his favourite, it says it was soldiers playing tennis. <laughs> he <laughs> particularly enjoyed that. Soldiery. <laughs> soldiery is a funny word, isn't soldiery it? Soldiery is a funny word. You get to use every word. day, is it, really? A festival to celebrate the knob, a traditional... <laughs> Traditional Dorset biscuit. Oh, Don't yes. dump it. Traditional Dorset Grow biscuit. Up. No, it's here. It's been cancelled. Well, it's called a Dorset knob, isn't it? Well, I suppose it is. But yeah. uh, anyway, the headline is Knob Fest is Nobbled. Okay, I thought it might be. They were looking for a cheap laugh, and so were you, of course. I wasn't. Yeah. Well, I've not heard of this phenomenon before, mm. have you? I, I think I don't like it. I've got to be honest, I don't like it. Elizabeth Dixon. Uh, she's from uh, Landudno, and she says, 30 years ago, I was at Toaster Races with my uh, two-year-old mm. red-headed son in his pushchair. A lady bustled up to us and ruffling his hair said, ah, red hair for luck. Then off she went. Ooh. You can't be doing that to kids. <laughs> well, you can't really be doing it to adults. No, you can't. That's why we never take Adrian to Cheltenham. <laughs> but it's, you, can't, you, you couldn't get away with that. No. Now you can't be doing that to people's kids. But oh, apparently it? it was a thing. It was a thing. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Alice Cooper, the singer and not the plumber. No, yeah. I used to know I used to know a girl called Alice Cooper. Did you? Yeah. I mean, nice it, girl. Yeah, she was a lovely girl, but it was a, just mm. a bit unfortunate, wasn't it? Well, I suppose it was, really, yeah. 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 But he did the... He, <laughs> I've well, got no more to add. There's nothing she was more very nice. She was very good. Works in telly. She was brilliant, actually. Oh, but, I see, yeah. You didn't yeah, know from school or anything. No, I didn't know from... School School was out at that point, Eddie, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I'd left school. I've written Alice Copper. I don't know why I've written that. <laughs> you <laughs> did what, sorry, Andy? I've written down Alice Copper, where I mean Alice Cooper. <laughs> I don't know Alice Well, Copper that's is. Alice... Alice Cooper, that's when Alice Cooper became a, a marshal like uh, Chris Eubank. He goes out, doesn't he, I imagine, and, and, and does that thing. you'd be a bit of a shock uh, is this your car sir <laughs> he pulls you over the bloke holding a snake in a pair of leather trousers that's right he's undercover you would be you it's would a be lot surprised, of mascara running down his face with long hair <laughs> and they put him on like he's, <laughs> he's doing 
<laughs> be great be doing a little bit of uh, yeah. What's he, what could he end up doing? He's doing like uh, surveillance work. <laughs> he could be. Yeah. But he did the singing equivalent of "Don't You Know Who I Am" the other day because uh, isn't that "Don't You Want Me, Baby"? <laughs> no. Okay. A, a shop assistant didn't recognise him. What Alice Cooper? Yeah. So he started singing "Schools Out," <laughs> and he still didn't recognise him because he never heard of the song. But oh, okay. Go. Really? Yeah. So, um, and where? Why did he have to sing to get what he wanted in his shop? Uh, he was in Brighton. Okay, uh, oh, that explains it. She's a, from a young shop helper asked what he was doing in Brighton. Alice said he was on tour, so the shop helper asked if he had anything on Apple Music, and then he got a personal rendition of "Schools Out," but the nice. assistant still didn't know who he was. Who do you think? heard? It's quite a famous song, that isn't it? It's the sort of song that that's played in a generic style yeah. to signal the end of the school year. But what did he do? Did he come in with the? Did he kind of mime the? Do you know it for that, or do you know it for the chorus? No, it's cool. You know it for the riff, don't yeah, you? Yeah, he would have Beat the intro songs. I'm sure he did that bit. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Just some of the things that may or may not have happened. Well, Alice I wonder, Copper. I wonder. If I wonder <laughs> He's going to change his name. Maybe now. it's a bloke called Alice <laughs> Copper. Maybe on the way back from Brighton, he went to Crawley uh, to watch the snooker and saw Ronnie there steaming out with a Veruca plaster on his dinner suit. It's all come together. It has. This show. Uh, this could be. This could be good. This could be good for fans like me. Uh, helpers. At, we'll talk to Todd about this. Helpers at hand for beleaguered Philadelphia Flyers ice hockey fans. The club has opened a rage room for support who want to take out their aggression. Yeah. The Flyers will let up to 14 fans per game use sticks, sledgehammers, <laughs> this sounds very dangerous, yeah. baseball bats and golf clubs to bust plates, bowls and bottles. Surely someone's going to get hurt here. It's not good, is it? Fans of the NHL team must pay £27 each for the five-minute rage sessions. Is that $30 If they had one in the Matthew Harding upper, though, you'd use it, wouldn't you? I can well, imagine I there's been times when you get, like, England cricket, if they had one at Lords... Yeah, if they had one at Lords, yeah. I, I don't think I'd I do think it I think you get more angry about cricket than you do football, and that is Yeah, I something. think I do, actually. I mean, yeah. over the summer, you were just... I'm honest, at the times you were just ridiculous. I needed the talk sport rage room. <laughs> <laughs> we should have a talk sport rage room. That would be fantastic, yeah. Um, yeah. Jimmy Bob White's been in touch. He's, he can follow up on that story we brought you earlier on. I've heard firsthand from Henrik Larson and while he was fitting my wardrobes, but he's now um, he wants the Crawley job. <laughs> does he really? Yeah, he I'm said, he said you and further. Simon Calder sold it so well <laughs> that that's where he wants to work. So thank you very much for that. But a bit more, almost more news coming through. Eighty thousand people have applied for three hundred tickets to watch the first episode of Sir David Attenborough's Seven Worlds One Planet, which is great. But I was thinking it's a bit of a waste of electricity that really. <laughs> just giving the three hundred tickets out yeah. and stopping people wasting their time and. Using up phone lines and all this stuff. All, you know, using not, up phone lines. It's not ecological, is it? Well, possibly not. <laughs> not no power used. Yeah. There. I mean, yeah. of all the things, uh, do we kind of think of the Earth's resources being Ooh. destroyed? I don't think all three hundred people making a phone call <laughs> no. would be top of most of my list. Eighty thousand, actually. When no. I look at the gunk that's being spewed out <laughs> the centre of every day in China. Well, that's very true. Yeah. Uh, now this is another pair of trainers. Story about another pair of trainers, yeah. which will be very good for the Jerusalem uh, marathon. Uh, better than those other ones. <laughs> Where because, are we going with this? No, because uh, th- this is a New York design company. It's created pairs of trainers with holy water in the soles. The Jesus shoes are made with 100% frankincense wool with a golden Jesus on a crucifix as a shoelace charm. They sold out within minutes, despite prices as high as £2,500. Yeah, I heard, um, what's the name, talking about this... Um, Mark Lawrenson. He was uh, Mer Farah. <laughs> he? he said Mer Farah's going to wear him. <laughs> he isn't. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. 
Okay, we'll leave it there. Um, oh, yeah. It's uh, Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacob. Well, I did have on one other thing. Did you go? Well, keep, no, well, keep, keep it. Keep tomorrow. it. Keep it. You know, we got a look at the time. Sorry, Blimey. John. We've got the world porridge making champion waiting for us. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs uh, here on Talk Sport. Uh, well, we like to salute the alternative world champions in this country. And uh, we do so now because we've had the World Porridge Making Championships, mm. Andy. The Golden Spurtle this. has been handed out. Mm. And the recipient this year is Lisa Williams. Lisa, very good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, many congratulations. Oh, thank you. Can you first clear up whether the judges are three bears? Um, no, there was a Goldilocks as well. Oh, OK. Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That'll teach me to be facetious. So really, so you have three bears and a Goldilocks, yeah, do you? Yeah, yeah, lovely, the judges. Colin, Colin Lizzie and Neil, they were all um, chefs. Oh, OK. Um, yeah, from Scotland. Yeah. yeah, Glen Eagles Hotel, I think. Nice. Oh, yes. Yes. What are, they, what, what are they looking for then, Lisa? And what did you supply then in your porridge? So there's, there's two parts of the competition. One is the traditional porridge mm. and one is the speciality. And in the traditional, they say they're looking for um, taste, texture and colour. Um, and in the speciality, they're looking for good taste, um, innovation, all sorts of things like that. Right. So, Did you win both categories? No, I won the traditional, the okay. Golden Spurtle. And Nick Barnard from Rude Health, um, he won the speciality and he made a pecan and maple porridge with mm. organic cream and maple butter. Cool, that sounds mm. sensitive. I mean, they both yeah. sound great. I mean, yeah. are you, are you, are you, were, you, were you salt or, or sugar? Which route did you go? Uh, well, I think, uh, no, this is the thing. Oh. With porridge, mm. it has to be salt. It has to be salt. Um, right. But you still then can put sugar on it. Okay. So the, the salt is part of the cooking. Um, so if you, put, if, you, if you think about mashed potatoes, um, and when you cook the potatoes, you don't put salt in. They're really bland. Mm-hmm. So it's the same with porridge. So even if you're going to put a sweet topping on the porridge, when you cook it, you still need to put a bit of salt in because it brings the flavour out. Oh, I've learned something. That's a good tip. Does that apply if you do it in the microwave like I do in the morning? (laughs) That that includes if you do it in the microwave. At the the competition, I use gas, but at home I use a microwave. Yeah, okay. because so they're both good, and that doesn't affect it. The no. microwaving—you you would think it would have kind of affect the flavour. Give it a stir still, but yeah. you're, you're not standing there stirring for ten minutes, are you? No, it, it's not as quite as creamy in the microwave. But when you're in the rush in the week and mm. you want something really quick, you can have a really nice bowl of porridge within four minutes. So it's fantastic. Yeah, fair play. So, the... And then when you've got time, you can then do it properly with the spurtle and stir. Yeah. I've got a spurtle. My uh, our lad bought us one. Just uh, you know, no really? expense spent. <laughs> okay. Um, and our eldest lad. But have you? It's not golden, obviously, because I've not won anything. No. But Andy, have you got a spurtle? I haven't got a spurtle. The only problem with a spurtle is that it creates washing up, doesn't it? Because you, you get your spoon, and not only do you stir with your spoon, you serve with your spoon, That's but with a your spurtle, you're not serving with your spurtle. It's, for, it's for stirring only, Lisa, uh, isn't it? But, but, then, but then with a wooden spoon, it'd be really hard to serve porridge with a wooden spoon. So. You stir with a wooden spoon, you've still got to wash it up because then you need a ladle for your porridge. So, oh, yeah, and, and a spurt was oh, good all round because it gets into the bowls of the corner. You brought a third um, it's utensil. A bit, it's, a bit into like it. a, it's a bit like a Harry Potter wand as well, isn't it, really? It is a bit. It's a if kind you, of. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so a is good. I, I saw in the uh, report that rolled oats <coughs> are banned for some reason. I don't know why that oh, is. Oh, yeah. Well, ro- rolled oats have been rolled and they've been um, steamed. So within oh. the competition, you only use oatmeal. Yeah. So, you, so I use Pinhead, 
that you can use pinhead, coarse, um, or fine, um, but not um, not rolled oats and not jumbo oats. That's what, it, that's what we call our producer, Pinhead. We do. Funny <laughs> enough, yeah. what do we <laughs> when he's not when he's when he's not listening? The um, so. What did yours have? What did they say? What were the, what were the judges? What did Goldilocks and the Three Bears say about yours? Uh, kind of, you feel free to blow your own trumpet. You are the world champion. So, what was good about your particular well, they, one? They said it was. Um, it had all come together. It was a nice. They said it was a nice rounded bowl, and it had all come together. Mm. Um, so, which was, you know, I was really pleased. I mean, one of the the competitors come from all over, and Isar Khan was a previous winner about two or three years ago, and I was surprised to get into the final. Um, and then when I did, Isar was in the final and he tasted it. And he's a bit like porridge royalty. So he's a bit like the Jamie Oliver. And he tasted it and he said he liked it. Ooh. But for me, that was brilliant. It was your I cup was final. Of, That's a great honor. It yeah, was. It, it was it like a nice. I was just really happy with that. So, Fantastic. Um, it's yeah. not, it's not solid gold dispersal, is it? No. I've, okay. just, I've got it here, actually, at the moment. It's um, a wooden a wooden base. Mm. And then it's sort of a golden colour metal spot. And then it's got a, a on the end... The spurtle is, um, for people who don't know, the spurtles are kind of long and thin, and then they're tapered at the end, they're wood. Yeah. And then on the top, it's kind of like the shape of um, a thistle, but mm. this one is obviously metal. Um, and then on the top, or the top of the thistle, there's a little purple jewel. Nice. Um, but yeah, so they're, and you, apparently you do get lots of different spurtles. Orkney spurtles are flared at yeah. the very end, um, but I like the spurtles that are pointed at the end. Lovely. Well, look, congratulations, okay. well Lisa. Congratulations. Um, hopefully we'll be speaking to you next year when you've you've defended your title. So thanks for joining oh. us. Anyway, well, thanks very much. There well we done. are, Lisa Williams there. We, we Ideally, we would have got mm. Gary Spurtles. I was going to say, my, my, my mate Gary sells some Gary Spurtles. <laughs> for all your Spurtle needs. It's, a, it's, it's not a... Yeah, it's a difficult business to make a lot of money in there, you know, but... Um, <laughs> Now and again, if but, yeah, you, you, you're a fan of the porridge. It's that porridge uh, weather, isn't it? We're kicking in now. I, I think have it was porridge the every porridge. day, all year round. Every day, all year. Every you are day. very much a creature of habit. I don't have it on the weekend, but sure. Monday to Friday. What do you have on the weekend then? Nah, normally just a, you know like full English or croissants <laughs> or something. <laughs> just normally, normally a full English. Well, yeah, I go for it on the weekend, but on the in, in the week, I, I do love a porridge. You can't beat it. Can you? I love you. the way that you just switch off for two days a week. You're porridge free at the weekend. <laughs> There's no point. Well, of course, there is. <laughs> a funny bloke, day. Andy. I, I, honestly, really. one day, psychologists said, <laughs> "Get older, you. You're, you're a freak of nature." The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Who would have thought, after you mentioned Cara Delavine being a plumber, that, yeah. that all those other tradespeople would have come out the woodwork? <laughs> it's interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, it's good. Though. What are the chances? Well, um, Tomorrow, Guy Garvey from Elbow joins us in the studio. Good. Darren Stevens, Kent Bowler, will be here as we well. Nearly got the elbow, but got a new contract. Oh, aye, aye. Come on. Nice. It's good, isn't it? <laughs> Desperate to get the elbow gags in. <laughs> um, and that's that. And we'll catch up with you uh, tomorrow. Thanks for downloading us. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. 
only from Rustolium. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.